Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Dare to Dream podcast. This is Gregory Russell Benedict, and this is a podcast for people who want to get the absolute most out of life and who dare to dream bigger. This is episode 41, and before we dive in today, a quick note. You'll notice that you'll just be hearing my voice today, along with our special guest. This is a strategy that we are trying out in an attempt to bring you guys even more guests where Vinny and I interview guests on our own on occasion. Now that you know that Vinny and his rich, illustrious voice will not be joining us today, let's dive in. The special guest and topic of the day is Matt Winkley. Matt is an entrepreneur whose mission is to raise the bar of happiness. Over the past year, Matt's become a good friend as he's taught me about business, life, and even spirituality. Welcome to the show, Matt. I'm so happy you're here. Hey, Gregory. Thanks for having me today. Uh, really looking forward to a great conversation and uh, spending some time with you here. Um, let's go. I think a good jumping off point for us today is to start with your mission statement. And what I want to ask you is, what does that mean to you personally? My mission statement is to raise the bar of happiness. And it means a lot to me personally because... Um, like probably so many, my bar of happiness hasn't always been the highest. And I really feel like for a long time, I've allowed myself to have a life where I just feel like I'm just getting by and accepting and allowing sort of this low bar to be the status quo, where uh, at times maybe it wasn't low enough to challenge me in a way that I wanted to change something, but also not high enough where I'm like, I love and I'm stoked what my life is and what I'm doing. Um, so I, I guess I could take it all the way back to the beginning and introduce myself a little bit more uh, for your audience. Um, I, I tell people I'm basically an average guy from a small town who wanted to live a big life. And um, shortly after graduating college, I uh, booked a one-way ticket to California. I'm from the East Coast. And uh, came out with basically a bag of clothes, uh, no car, no job. I didn't know very many people. And I just wanted to live at the beach and live in paradise and experience that. And that was sort of the first taste of like really raising the bar in my life where I really got here to California and be like, wow, I can't believe that I live here. Um, you know, I was someone who had never been anywhere to that point, really. Um, really kind of spent most of my life in this small town, went to a college that was nearby and that kind of thing. So this was this was a really big um, experience for me. And uh, so that high lasted probably, I don't know, a few months like of just like waking up, looking out my door, you know, kind of live near the beach and like, whoa, you know, just the. Um, I couldn't believe I pulled this off. It seemed like such a big thing at the time. And so after a little while, I'm like, okay, I've got to figure out how to pay for my life and um, how am I going to, uh, you know, what's next? What's that sort of next bar that I want to reach? And um, I always wanted to be my own boss. I was always kind of in the back of my head is what would it be like if I didn't have to answer to anybody? What would it be like if I could just wake up and dictate my own time? What would it be like if um, I could chart my own path without any restrictions? And so those sort of daydreams sat with me and I was nervous and scared. They're like, 
you know, go out on my own and try to figure something out and had always worked for somebody else. And um, about two years of living into California, I finally said, you know what? I'm in my mid-20s. Um, if I'm ever going to do something, this is the time. And so I um, looked for an opportunity to start a business. And I uh, met somebody that aligned with me and my values. And uh, he became my business partner. And we started a company, you know, essentially out of my uh, apartment. <laughs> and um, we didn't know what we were doing, had no business knowledge, no business skills, no startup capital, no experience leading people. It was literally just, I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to do something that matters. And I wanted to figure out how money worked too. Like I just had no clue about this really powerful thing in our, you know, it's powerful life force called money. I had no clue how it really worked. I wanted to learn about that. So through a lot of trial and error, a lot of challenges, a lot of obstacles, um, year by year, we just chipped away at, at building this business. It was in the healthcare space and, um, it was, uh, providing therapy to kids on the autism spectrum. And, uh, that was sort of my background. I was a social work major in college. And, um, so little by little, we figured out business. It was really cool. Like it was such an empowering thing just to take the actions to do this thing. You know, um, I didn't really have a great strategy or plan in the beginning. It was just, I'm going to do it and declare myself a businessman no matter what. And, um, and so we started to build some momentum. It actually was probably about four or five years in where we where we really struggled for a while. I had to have maintain a second job on the side just to pay my bills. Um, you know, it was one of those real struggle stories, not an overnight sort of success. And uh, kind of slowly but surely, we um, figured things out. We figured out who we were. We figured out um, how to create funding that would support a growing business. That was sort of the key to our um, venture. And we were able to unlock that in a big way. And um, we went from, I don't know, a handful of employees uh, to basically 200 employees in the span of felt like a few short years. Um, you know, when you get it right, when you kind of crack the code, you know, big things can happen. And that's sort of what happened with us is we figured out some key things in our business that really um, allowed us to just launch. And so that was an incredibly exciting time in, in my life, in my professional life. Um, you know, now having, you know, uh, a, a, an impactful leadership position, uh, you know, really um, loving the mission of our business, loving who we work with. And we were just young people, uh, not just myself, but many of the people that we that worked with us. So it was like we could challenge the status quo of things, uh, how to build a work culture, how to build trust, how to create um, a business that was centered around its value system. Uh, in our company, we often said that our value system is the boss and how to rally around this mission where we believed in that, where the boss had to say, it wasn't me. <laughs> it was our values, our agreed upon values of trust, integrity, building unity, things like that. And so, <clears throat> you know, and it wasn't always clean. You know, sometimes things get messy and stuff like that, but we were sincere and we really um, 
put in a sincere effort to pursue this sort of higher intention, this higher mission. Um, and I felt like we had some incredible results. We improved the lives of thousands of kids on the autism spectrum. We had a really um, tight-knit sort of work family where we really had each other's back and really cared about each other, um, which I think is unique. Um, I don't think everybody goes to work and feels that way. Um, so I was really proud of that. It was really cool. And one of the things that, you know, in the process of building this business, you know, I was putting in literally hundred hour work weeks, um, you know, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, probably for several years working that sort of, uh, way. Um, and then in addition to that, I was, you know, a, uh, marathon runner, triathlete, um, uh, you know, I was just doing a lot of things and, um, I burned myself out. Um, I got to a point where I literally like I blew out sort of my adrenals and I had to take a step back and reevaluate things. You know, I, um, wow, I'm grinding myself into a pulp to pay for a life I hate living. And this was sort of a turning point for me to really look at like, you know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Great. Check that box. I wanted to do, you know, things that mattered. Great. Check that box. Uh, I wanted to figure out how money worked. I didn't quite know that one yet. Um, because we were still trying to figure out the business. This is when I sort of got some chronic fatigue was in the middle of trying to figure out how to, how to really get this business to the next level. And so my wife, who has just been an incredible partner, um, we got together and said, like, I can't go on this way much longer. We got to figure out a new way to, you know, to go from here. And we put our heads together and said, and this was sort of the start of what I call vision planning, <clears throat> where you really clarify what it is that you want, why you want it, and how you're going to achieve that. And, you know, breaking that down step by step by step. And so in this process, I was able to really clarify like what it is, really ask the question, what, what, what the heck do I really want for the first time? And it wasn't that I wanted to work like a maniac or, you know, put my body through hell doing these, you know, physical sort of challenges. I just wanted to be happy. I wanted to just wake up every single day and have freedom and choose who I wanted to spend my time with, uh, where I wanted to spend my time and how I was going to spend my time. And I lost track of that. I lost that sort of center in me that, that really values that. And um, my wife and I dreamed up this new life. We're like, what would it be like if we could just live wherever we want? If we could live part of the year in Maui or we could live part of the year on the East Coast or whatever. Uh, or we could, you know, work was optional <laughs> where, um, you know, we could, you know, be on the road for six months or, you know, whatever, like freedom, like true freedom. And so we had this sort of beautiful vision, but, uh, we looked at ourselves we're like, how are we going to pull this off? Who lives this way? And the only people that we could think of, like that I knew who lived that way were like trust fund people, you know, people who had like trust funds set up or something. <laughs> and, um, and it really challenged us is, is that really true? Is that the only way to do this? 
And through some research and sort of figuring out, we realize actually um, you can be financially free through living off of investment income. And I was really far from that. And so that was our plan. We were going to create freedom. We're going to do it through building uh, strategic assets that could pay us passively. And uh, by a lot of, you know, saving money and, you know, really reducing our lifestyle and all that kind of stuff and working really, really hard at this, slowly but surely we were able to pull that off. It took us seven years, but we bought real estate um, and uh, we're able to now, I'm currently now able to live that way. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop there and see if there's any questions you have I've been going on for a minute. That is fantastic. I love hearing this story. And I do have a lot of questions, but I think one of the most relevant ones would be what was the beginning of your process learning about passive income and how money works? Because I think passive income, it's such a buzzword these days. And so many young people want to learn about it. They want to create investments. They want to make money while they sleep so that they can live that ideal life. But because they're working so much and they have so much on their plate, it's hard to actually take that first step into learning about it. And so how did you and your wife begin that process? Passive income is just a plan. The first thing you really need to know is what do you want? Like, what do you, what do you want to use this money for? Like money is just a tool. I mean, people put a lot of emotion onto it, but it's really just this silly, you know, pieces of paper and currency and, you know, it, it, you can use it for good. You could use it for evil. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. So what do you want to use it for? Like, why does it matter that you have money? Who cares? Right. If you don't know why you want this, and what you want to do with it, then it really doesn't matter. It's just, it's just silly. So that's the first step is like clarify what you want. Like what's going to make you ridiculously and unbelievably happy. That's what I mean about my mission being about raising the bar. I'm talking about going from, you know, a five to a 10, you know, a scale of one to 10. Like we're living these mediocre sort of get by lifestyles where we wake up and just like go to work, a job that's okay, um, you know, a life that's okay. You know, I'm not on the street. I'm like, you know what, like, okay. So that's what we're calling a life. That's the standard we're setting is just mediocrity. And I'm not just talking about in your work. I'm talking about in your relationships. I'm talking about like, you know, who you choose to be with for a partnership. I'm talking about who you surround yourself with, your friends. I'm talking about the relationships with your family. I'm talking about how you feel in your body. I'm talking about your physical well-being. Are you at a five? Are you at a six? Are you at a two? How do we raise that bar to a 10? Like what would a 10 feel like physically? kind of energy does a 10 feel like to you i'm talking about spiritually how's your emotional state how is your how is your heart doing how is your soul doing are you proud of the things that you're doing you know um do you have integrity like where where's your integrity on a one to ten right <laughs> i mean how much lying are you doing you know how truthful are you with yourself and with people um do you do the right thing when nobody's looking you know that's what i mean like all areas of your life like i'm talking about raising that bar all the way up and live truly living like you know a magnificent excellent life um it is possible like i'm talking about a dream i guess to me that means that's my dream life right when i look out at all areas of my life i see nothing but tens 
And I'm like, this is an epic, unbelievably happy life. And not every day that I wake up, it looks that way. So there's things that I need to tweak or adjust. And that's how I look at it. Like, wow, things with my wife aren't, aren't going perfect or great. Why not? What, how, what, why are we at a six? How do we elevate that to a 10? What are we, what are we not um, addressing in our marriage that's holding us back from a 10? You know, and I want to have those conversations to figure it out or physically, you know, when I was burnt out, like, boy, I was at like a two, you know, like something's got it, like at the level where I, something's got to change. Like what would be a 10? And I had to relearn things, you know, we, before we got on the air, we were talking about willpower, right? I had to heal my willpower, man. I was abusing that. And, um, and so that has taken me years and years to figure out, um, so the, in my process, right, you talk about passive income. That's honestly just was a strategy. It wasn't my goal. My goal was to have freedom. My goal was to, be, to live a ridiculously and unbelievably happy life in all areas of my life. And having a passive income just helped some aspects of that, right? Yeah. So um, once you clarify what you want and you can break down your life right there's like really four areas of life there's uh your health <laughs> there's your work and finance there's your relationships and then there's your spiritual life your emotional state of well-being kind of life fits into those four boxes and you know um i wanted to i wanted to just live an extraordinary life in all four areas and so I didn't want a perfect life. I don't want to be, that to be confused, but I wanted it to be extraordinary, like where I was just so happy, so content, right? Uh, and I, I look out at my day and I'd be like, I can't believe like this is legal to live this way. <laughs> right? yeah. That's how I wanted to feel, like I'm doing something illegal or something, it just feels so good, right? Um, and so anyways, that, so the first step is to clarify things what you want. The second step is what you want, like your dream, right? That's not just clarify, but like, what's your dream? And then the second step is, is, is what you want possible? Is there a way? Are you capable of doing this? Right? That's where I say research, really look into this. Like if you want to create financial freedom, um, so you can just travel full time or, you know, not be tied to anything or whatever. Um, and you need to make, you know, $5,000 a month of passive income. Is that possible? Has anyone in the history of the world ever pulled that off? Are we talking about, you know, trying to live on Mars? Like we haven't seen that yet. Right. And go look for examples of people who've come before and have done that. Who has created passive income? Oh, okay. This person has, this person has, okay. How did they do it? Go study their example, like what it is that they did to pull that off. I mean, that's what I did. That's how I figured this out. Um, I think I think too many of us um, struggle with how do I say this? Like um, delayed gratification. Delayed gratification is not like a hot topic. <laughs> it's not all over social media and being pumped like delayed gratification. Wait three years on your dream. 
wait, you're going to need a decade to pull this goal off because it's so massive and big, right? It's like, hey, you know, get it overnight. We just want it now. We want it now. We want to gamble. We want to, you know, that, that instant gratification. And that, honestly, I don't, I don't think that really works. I've, I've never done anything overnight. At least I don't have experience of overnight. I know some people have gambled or one thing, the lottery or whatever. That's definitely has happened. But I think the majority of us is it's like little by little, you know, having a plan that works. Like a lot of the people that I talk to that I help in doing and help putting their dreams together have beautiful dreams. I mean, I'm just like, I get emotional about it. I'm like, that sounds amazing. What an incredible dream that you have and what you want to do. It's beautiful. I said, how are you going to do it? They have no plan. Or, or the plan is like one step, you know? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to throw money at Bitcoin. I'm like, <laughs> I love crypto, you know, but I don't know. You know, that sounds like a shaky plan, right? So a dream without a plan is what I call wishful thinking. And I think, sadly, I think there's a lot of wishful thinking going on. I just wish it would be different. I just wish I could go from here to there in one day instead of like a really solid plan that says, you know what, if I want to, I want to create financial freedom, I'm at ground zero. Um, I mean, most people who want to create financial freedom take some 30, 40, 50 years of working, you know, putting a little bit into the 401k, you know, if they're employee, they're employee, uh, or into a Roth IRA or something, just, that's kind of the traditional strategy. And then at the end, they just hope that there's, enough money in there that they could, you know, live off of the interest of it or something. So to close that gap to saying, I want to do it in five or 10 years, um, you need a different plan. Right. And so, um, but it's possible like, uh, there's, you know, the last several years, there's a lot of like, um, the fire movements kind of big financial independence, retire early. And you can look into those strategies and they'll, they'll kind of walk you through, um, how to do that. A lot of it's like reducing your lifestyle. You know, a lot of it's like, you're gonna have to live lean for a minute. I mean, I lived so lean for years and years. I mean, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't go out to dinner. I didn't go on vacations. I didn't, I mean, it's very simple lifestyle for years and years, but the trade-off was I knew it was coming later on delayed gratification. So I saved all that money. I set it aside. Right. And then we bought our first rental property. Uh, it helped that my wife was a realtor in, in the real estate space. And um, she did a tremendous job in, in handling that part of our of our uh, plan. And um, little by little, we bought one, then we bought two, then we bought three, then we got four. I think we're, um, I don't know, somewhere around 25 rental units at this point. And um, across four different states. And it's pretty cool. It's not... It's not a massive, you know, real estate operation, but it's like supports our life. And um, so, yeah, I mean, there's things you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to learn how to how to delay, gra- delay gratification, reduce your lifestyle, uh, how to increase your income, get some side hustles. You know, if you have a job, what can you do on the weekends? You know, I mean, the internet has leveled the playing field. This little phone that we have has leveled the playing field 
I mean, anyone, if they want, can make money now um, in thousands of ways. Uh, little side hustles here, selling stuff or uh, creating an information product or wh whatever it might be. Um, so, you know, that helps a little bit of the side hustle money combined with reducing your expenses, uh, trying to maybe get a raise in your job, or if you're an entrepreneur, how to grow your business to create more income there, all that adding up and then buying assets and really understand the difference between a liability and an asset, you know, how to buy cash flowing assets. I believe what you said is that a dream without a plan is wishful thinking. And obviously having a plan is super important, but I remember one of the first times we met, you asked me what I wanted and I couldn't even tell you. You asked me, what do you want? And I just start telling you about kind of what I'm doing and the journey I'm on and all of the like actions I'm taking. And you're like, no, okay, like that's cool. That's cool what you're doing, but like, what do you want? And I remember it took you asking me like six, seven, eight, nine times for me to actually be like, I don't really know. I haven't sat down and thought about this is what I want and defined it in all of these categories. And I want to ask, is that, do you think writing it out across those different categories, you said like finance, relationship, spirituality, and health, do you think that's the best place for people to start is just writing down what they want before they get to the plan? You can't create a plan if you don't know where it's like getting in the car and be like i'm just gonna throw some coordinates into the gps well where are we going yeah. <laughs> you're just gonna go in circles like so you so you have to know what you want as the first step and how do you figure that out yeah i mean i think it's it's a nice way to start is to break down the categories of your life right health work finance uh relationships uh spiritual emotional well-being like, what do you want in those categories? Like, and not just from your head. I mean, it's hard to know, like, well, how do I know when I'm in a different part of myself, right? I'm coming from my heart. Well, how do I know I'm coming from a spiritual place? Or, um, you know, when things quiet down, you know, when you don't have to like think, you know, when it just, sometimes it's tears, sometimes it's emotional, like, like, uh, I've even seen this for myself and I've seen it in others is not even giving myself permission to even think like that anymore. You know, we've taken our dreams off the table and uh, I mean, I've, I've done that myself where I just like, it's not possible anymore. I'm too old or I'm, I'm in this stage of life or I'm in this circumstance and you know, um, it, it, because dreams are hard, man. They're really hard. I mean, that's the honest truth. They're not easy. Like if you want to go for something big and it's really talking about raising the bar in your life, most likely it's going to be a, it's going to be an adventure and a difficult road ahead. And you're going to come into things that you don't know. And you're going to be challenged in ways that you may have never been challenged before. So many of us just play it safe because I get it. It makes sense to play it safe. You know, like no one can mess with me here. Right. But you know, what's the consequence to that? Maybe you settle. You know, maybe you're just going to decide I'm just, this is my lot in life. And that's where I want to break through. Yes, dreams are hard, but they are possible. There is a way and you're capable of doing it. 
And I just want people to remember that. I want people to not only remember, I want people to feel that again. Feel that in the gut, their stomach, and the center of their beings, their solar plex, and their soul. Like, yeah, it's possible. And what's going to make it possible is a really good strategy. So we, so we don't just sort of wish for it to, to happen. Is we're actually going to create a great strategy and then prepare your life then execute, right? How did, how do I execute the plan and how do I stay inspired when things go off the rails? You know, there's, there's a lot into, it's not like if you look at anyone who's living a big life or pulled off something huge, I guarantee a lot of that has went into it. If you look behind the scenes, it was, you know, a really good, or, you know, the strategy sometimes has to get edited. Plans need to be updated. No one predicted COVID. How many people had to update and edit their plans? If you're an entrepreneur or business owner or employee or, or anyone, a stay-at-home mom, you know, a lot of stuff happened. And, and so now we need to update our plan. Not the dream. The dream is still the same, right? If what's in your heart, we're not going to lower that bar. We're going to keep the bar high, but we're going to have to adjust our strategy because we have to um, respond to new things that we didn't see. So a lot of times people give up right then in there. Like, oh, I had a plan. Something came out of left field, threw me off. I guess I wasn't meant to have this. Or I guess I wasn't meant to have the life that I would love to live. No, it's just the plan's outdated. Mm. <laughs> we need to adjust that and make some amendments. That's it. That's it. And, and when I've helped people with this, I've seen so many people like turn the light on again. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, I just made a couple tweaks in my plan, and now I feel really excited that I and a plan that works, one that you can take actions on, one that's not going to be outrageous and so beyond your your capability, but one that is like in your wheelhouse that works for you, uh, that you can execute on, and so on and so on. So, um, yeah, the how how to best figure out what it is you want. I think sometimes it would be helpful to talk to someone else to get feedback, someone that you trust, someone who's maybe a good listener. And you say, Hey, look, I'm trying to figure out like how to put my dreams back on the table. And, um, for my work dream or for my, you know, I would love to start a business. And I'm really scared about it. I've never thought that big before in my life. And it's like intimidating. And, um, you know, could you help just sort of contain me while I go into this space? Right. And oftentimes when I tell people when they dream, it's like, you just got to let go of stuff, like go into fantasy at that point, you know, like allow yourself to really say, okay, I know this might be unrealistic, right? Just we're not in practicality anymore. We'll get to that plans are practical but let your dreams be wild you know let them like go as big as you can go and and by allowing yourself not to be restricted they can get really big and then that's where your your spirit comes out and it's like yeah that's i would love to do this i would love to do that i would love to take a year off and travel the world i would love to be in a partnership that has just incredible um openness and honesty and we see each other and we support each other and it's amazing i would i don't want to settle for relationships that are 
um, pulling me back, you know, or whatever. Um, I would love to run a marathon, but I'm so out of shape and that seems so far away. Well, dream. How many, how many marathons do you want to run? (laughs) What are you, you know, turning your body from where it is into becoming an athlete, like is an exciting dream, you know, whatever it might be. Right. Um, you know, I want to, you know, be independently wealthy and start a business and, and do really well financially and, you know, and do something meaningful for our community and the planet and like, awesome. You know, so you're going to be the next, you know, big thing cool you know you're hitting on something that is so core to the dare to dream podcast and it's just firing me up so much is that you have to dare to dream you actually have to step outside of your comfort zone and think big and ask yourself what what is possible if i don't limit myself and if i'm not judging myself as i dream and saying this thing's too big this is unrealistic and so i love what you're saying of just don't limit yourself. Don't censor yourself. Just get it all out there on the table and think really, really, really big. In this step, in this step, because that's 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 what dreaming is about. Like when I mean, when you go to sleep and you dream, you're not editing yourself. You know, you don't even know how does this? How did that even come to me? Right? Like, you know, you have we have weird dreams, right? So do that while you're awake. Allow your spirit just fly and like. What would, and what I ask is like, what would make you ridiculously and unbelievably happy? I'm not saying happy. What would make you happy? Because so many people will answer that question and just, oh, this would make me happy. And I'm like, wow, that sounds exciting. Like, what would really, really make you happy? Like, like, you know, light you up and, you know, like hair going back wild, like <laughs> happy, you know, like tell me. That's what I mean to get people to, oh, well, if you really want to know, it would be like awesome. That's incredible. I mean, uh, what breaks my heart is if we get to the end of our lives, right? And we're out of time. You know, maybe we're 90 years old. You know, how much time do you have left at that point? And you look back and you're like, you know, I just did what I was told. I did what was expected of me. I never really took a risk, ever. I stayed safe. I stayed in my lane, you know, that's what breaks my heart. I don't want to get to the end of my life and question those things and have regrets. I want to get to the end of the life and be like, wow, I put everything on the table. I took some big shots and I might've failed, but at least I did. At least I tried. At least I attempted it. Right? Like a lot of people aren't even making the attempt. And so that's so, so heartbreaking for me is, um, you know, there's a quote that I, I love. Um, I heard it by Wayne Dyer and I think it's, I think he took it from someone else, but it's the quote says, don't die with your music still inside you. And that's, that's, I I, I asked that a lot of myself, you know, um, is there still music in me that wants to come out? If it's yes. And what's the music, what's the song? What's my song that I'm here to sing and play? And I want to know every single note and lyric of that tune. And I want to sing it as loud as I can. That's it. You know, it's not, I mean, it's not about money. It's not about status. It's not about this or that. I think it's just, it's about your song, man. Like what you're here to do. 
and and spending the time to really figure that out you know we're not here to just be robots wake up every day and just go through the motions of life and then no i mean we're here to have spiritual experiences and like taste things that are deep within ourselves that manifest in the world that when we look at when we're standing on top of that mountain we're like what a journey to get up here wow did i learn a lot about myself and that climb was hard and i did fall a few times and i have some scars to show for it but man i'm at the top of this mountain and now I'm, I'm more capable than I thought. Like who you're going to become and what you're going to learn about yourself on these adventures of pursuing these sort of big dreams. So I think life is about. Yeah. And so there's so many different ways we could take this. I do want to dive deeper into spirituality and hear about how that has played a big role in your life. But before I do, and maybe this is a related question, but what did you use as your inspiration, as your fuel to continue pursuing your dream when the plan you had in place started going sideways? I will be honest, I'm not very good at plans. I'm fantastic at vision. That's my, that's my superpower. And plans have not come easy to me. In fact, they're, they're frustrate the hell out of me. Um, because I, and this is where I had to really learn the value of taking the time and plans. And I've, I, the, it takes a village, right? I have a, a team of mentors and coaches that I have turned to over the years that I have built relationships and trust. And so I can go to when I'm stuck, right? And, uh, and coming up with sort of new plans help, sort of helps me get unstuck most of the time. Because I'm usually really good at what my targets are. Like, this is what I want, right? So I think the fuel comes easy because um, being stuck is my nemesis. Is it's it's for me it's the worst thing in the world. I I if I'm stuck and I and I'm not making progress and moving towards something that I truly really desire and want, I'm miserable. Especially if I start to think, wow, if like if I'm in this same place a year from now, <laughs> I haven't made one step. And really stuck. That's even worse. And so um, that gives me a lot of motivation. I don't like being stuck, and I and I get stuck. You know, we all do. And um, I, it, and how long do we stay stuck is the question. How long can you tolerate it for? Right? Maybe you can tolerate it for a day, maybe a week, maybe a month. Can you tolerate it for a year? How about a decade? Ouch. Right. I think if you start to close the gap of that toleration and say, I used to be able to tolerate it for a month. Now I can only tolerate it for a week. That's progress. And if you can really get to like, wow, I used to tolerate it for a week. Now I can only tolerate it for a day. Now you're really, really making progress. And so being stuck really gives me a lot of fuel. And oftentimes I need to reach out for help, like how to stay inspired when I'm stuck, it, like how to get inspiration again. I usually need to reach out to my team of support and present, Hey, I'm stuck. This is what's going on. Um, I can't quite see how to get out of here. And from there, you know, that sort of outside perspective is helpful often, you know, it's really hard to sometimes solve problems with the same person who created it. And so, um, 
getting help. I, it, it, my wife is my greatest ally in my life. And I go to her a lot. We, we work with each other a lot and she's an incredible support and I'm an incredible support to her as well. And, um, so that's what drives a lot of fuel is when I'm stuck. And then when I'm unstuck and I'm flying towards my goal is when I'm the happiest. I mean, that's my definition of happiest of happiness is, um, just making progress, not even, not even getting to the top of the mountain. Cause there always will be another mountain, right? There, we, oh, we climb this mountain. That's great. What's next. Right? So it's just making progress is what brings me tremendous happiness. And so, um, yeah, I would say the fuel that drives me is like being stuck. Yeah. And reaching out to other people helps you get unstuck. I can definitely relate to that. It seems like it's so easy to solve other people's problems, but when it comes to you, you think it's different. You're just like, I can't get out of this. My situation is so unique. No human being has ever been in this throughout history. We have blind spots, you know, that's why it's easy to see other people's blind spots because you're not them. And, you know, sometimes it's obvious, you know, when you're looking at helping somebody else and it's not obvious to them. Like it's not obvious to me when I'm stuck. And then when I go to someone, it's like, how did you see that so fast? You know, like I took me so long to see that perspective. And, um, and that's, that's what it's about, man. It's about allies, Mm -hmm. you know, that like finding your allies, finding your tribe, like people that, um, that really genuinely care about you and your missions and want to support you. And maybe that's paid relation. Maybe that's like paying for a coach, you know, a great coach or, or having a mentor or, you know, these are important alliances and relationships to have or having a great partner, um, is, is incredible. Um, and if you don't have a great partner, then, you know, find a great coach. Uh, we should all be, you know, building out our support system. Uh, very important. I don't know anyone who's achieved a dream on their own with no help and no support. That's, that's just not even, I mean, if someone says that, I don't even think that's true. (laughs) Somebody helped them along the way. Yeah. And you've shared with me that throughout your years, you've spent good money, a lot of money on finding the proper support. I've invested, uh, yeah, a lot, uh, into that. Uh, but I valued it and I got a lot my ROI on that was massive. You know, I think people, uh, who are hesitant on making that investment, um, I mean, what better investment can you make than into yourself, right? Supporting yourself, educating yourself, um, uh, you know, developing skills that come from that investment that unlock unbelievable potential. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've invested a lot, not just in the coaches, but into programs, um, workshops, uh, a lot of self-development, personal development type of work. Um, yeah, probably I started that journey in 2005 and make annual investments into it. <laughs> Can, you know, so that's 16 years now of investing in myself. Yeah. And I know one of those big investments has been your exploration of Sufism and going to Sufi school. And I would love to just explain what Sufism is to our audience and how you think that that deep spiritual investment has impacted the rest of your life. I was not looking for spirituality or looking for anything. Um, 
I was at a point where I was in pain. Uh, I was I um, I was coming out of a relationship that was really difficult, and I was the first time I really experienced like just true heartbreak. And um, despite my best efforts, I could not resolve this pain of heartbreak. I couldn't shake it off. I couldn't. You know, I tried exercising to improve how I felt. I tried all kinds of things. Um, and it just couldn't shake it. And for whatever reason, this was, you know, I was 25 or 6 at the time. I was kind of in my mid-20s. And, um, and for whatever reason, it just, it was meant to be. I was like, this was the moment that was going to challenge me to find out who I really am. And I became curious about the pain. I was like what is this about? Like, and, and I started challenging sort of relationships. Like, what is love even about? Like, what what is this concept of love? And why am I so awful at it? Like, it, am I born that way? Is, it like, is my life going to be just sort of this turmoil around this area of my life that I'm just going to have failed relationships after failed relationships? And I just found myself going to the bookstore. This is... 2005 so it's before kind of before uh you know just explosion of youtube and things like that but i would just go to the bookstore into the self-help aisle and um found myself just reading i picked up you know the art of happiness by the dalai lama i picked up uh i got into a lot of wayne dyer's work i just a lot of the self-help stuff and i was like wow this is really fascinating what they're talking about the states of being and how to, uh, what is enlightenment? What are these types of things? And they sounded great on paper, but I'm like, how do you do that in practice? Like, how do I, how do I just like feel differently? How do I, how do I do that? How do I meditate in a really, you know, I, so, someone show me kind of a little bit of a meditation practice. I'm like, this doesn't do anything for me. Like, how do I really like, I want to experience what these people are talking about in their books. And that was sort of where I started. And just a, ha a happen chance where I um, was sharing with someone about what I was going through, said, you should, you know, talk to my friend who's going to this school to study spiritual healing. And um, I said, I'll, I'll talk to anyone at this point. I could really use some help. And uh, so I took that meeting and this person taught me remembrance, the practice. It's a Sufi uh, practice and it's... Um, the practice of really connecting to your heart and opening up that space where meditation is like quieting the mind. This is like actually not emptying. This is filling like you're filling yourself and your heart with love and the qualities of, of, of the divine, these 99 qualities of compassion, mercy and kindness and generosity, all these sort of qualities and like experiencing what those are like. And the essence of those things. And um, my internal life began to explode. I, I don't know why. I was Maybe I was just ready for this. I was, I was really thirsty for this knowledge. Um, I was an eager student. I said, I just want more. I want to learn more. I want to, I want to study with the masters who, who know this, this, um, this gnosis, this knowledge. And uh, she introduced me to a community and uh, to her teacher and and um, then I took hand with that teacher and became his student and he was a, a 
just a, a I don't know, a Sufi master. Um, he was from Jerusalem and, uh, he had a, you know, he was a global teacher of this work and had many, many students. And, uh, I felt blessed to find like such a hidden gem. He wasn't really well known. Um, uh, he wasn't like a, a famous guru or anything like that. He wasn't even a guru. He was just a teacher. Um, and he had a school where students could enroll, where they could, um, you learn, it takes a long time to learn about, um, your, your inner life. It isn't going to just be like an hour in meditation and then that's it. I've got it. It's like all the things that come up, like you're really being face to face with yourself and having an honest conversation about it, about who you are. Um, I mean, I, I realized at that point in my life, how low my integrity was. I was like, wow. Like just, you know, behavior that I just wasn't proud of and how I treat people, how I treat myself, how, how I talk to people, my attitude towards things. And I was like, this isn't who I want to be. You know, I, I, it raised the bar. That was the first time where just raised the bar of my values where I, I took on principle and I became a very principled man and person. And, um, discover that part of myself and like how I want to conduct myself and um, how, how honesty was really important to me. Like, I don't want to tell any lies, small or big to myself or to other people. I want to be really clean with my behavior and my character and the content of who I am. And I had to clean up things in my life like that were, weren't right. I had to make amends with people and tell people that I'm, apologized sorry for what I did even if it was years before you know just make things right with people so I began to grow spiritually in that way and really blossomed um, internally and put a, a large value on on that and it and I wasn't doing it because I was forcing myself it was like it was like my spirit wanted this and like my soul wanted this like the, to be the, to, to kind of elevate my character. And, and it felt amazing. Felt like I was just, um, I don't know, just coming from the highest parts of my being, you know, coming from highest intentions and, and to align with those things was unbelievable. And, uh, and I learned, I unearthed a lot of things like, you know, why, what was behind all this stuff, Matt? Like, like what was behind your actions and stuff? And I just learned it was a guy who was just hurting, who didn't know who he was and who acted out because of it. And, um, and so, uh, I learned a lot about those sides of me and parts of me. And then, um, Sufism is, is the mystical side of, of it's like this, like Rumi was a Sufi, um, this beautiful poet. And, um, he talks about, you know, in, spiritual intoxication and like just having these beautiful experiences and with, with the divine, with the universal intelligence, with God, whatever you want to call it. And there's practices that you can do. It's, it's difficult work, you know, it's not easy, but, uh, you can begin to create a daily practice just little by little by little 
um, through doing remembrance or what the Sufis call as dhikr, where it's a chanting practice. And it just helps you remember who you are, helps you remember where you came from, helps you get into those parts of yourself. It's kind of an, an active uh, practice, which is cool. Um, instead of just trying to sit, be silent, um, which can be can be hard at times. So yeah, it's it's changed my life. Um, I consider myself a Sufi to this day, and I, the way I conducted business was based on a lot of those principles. The way I attracted my life partner, and the way I um, am in my marriage, comes from a lot of those principles. Um, I'm not perfect, you know, and all that, but, but I try to align with my highest natured self and come from that place. And I think raising the bar, um, is, is key to that. Um, you know, and having sort of the, the subtle reality of things, you know, the subtle nature of things, um, we're in such a sped up society we're in like fifth gear just mm -hmm. everything is going so fast and we need to be in motion fast where it's like yeah let's slow down what's the essence of life and um what's the essence of your life what does that feel like what does that smell like what does that taste like you know opening up ourselves to these sort of subtle realities is um is incredible I mean, it's just like, it's like taking off the shit colored glasses, <laughs> right? Yeah. And seeing things in a new way and just experiencing, you know, we, we were blessed to live near the ocean here in San Diego and just going out of the beach and like taking that in instead of going out of the beach with a head full of stress and, ah, right. And going down with presence like that is a different experience. You know, how your feet feels in the sand, what the air feels like on your skin, what the ocean smells like, what the presence of like God feels like in that moment, how your nervous system reacts to that, how, um, how your brain experiences and processes that, you know, how, uh, I mean, all these sort of beautiful sensations that come in, that's subtlety. And I'm a pretty sensitive, I was m more sensitive than I realized. <laughs> it's like, wow, I actually feel things deeply <laughs> and when I don't have so much armor on. And, uh, and you take the armor off and you like begin to take life and experience life in a new way. It's, it's incredible. So yeah, that was the start of my journey and um, I'm still on the journey and I'm still a student of that work. And, um, and I you know, share what I know with people. I know we've, I've, I've shared the remembrance practice with you and we've done some of that work. Um, uh, so yeah. I love the remembrance practice we did and I can just speak to personally how it is very different than a normal meditation, but I love the, the chanting and the, as you described it, you're filling yourself up instead of trying to empty the mind. And uh, that's that's one of the reasons why I love spending time with you so much is just the energy you give off is it's almost like just taking a deep breath whenever I'm around you like it's 
focus on what makes you happy and what you actually want. And let's slow down a little and talk about what's important. Let's not worry about all these other things that are going on. And let's just take time to figure out what it is that you want, figure out how to make a plan to start moving in that direction, and then just be stoked on making progress. I love that that's your definition of happiness is just making progress towards a goal. Because as you said, there's always going to be another mountain. There's always going to be something else you could be doing. But slowing down and asking your heart and your soul and your body, how does this feel? Is this what we want? Are we happy? You've honestly answered almost all of the questions I had written down, just woven into the narrative, which is so amazing. One of the questions I do want to ask you as we, as we wrap up here is, what advice would you give to your 26-year-old self who's just moved to San Diego, knows he wants to make money on his own, he wants freedom, he wants to be his own boss, but he doesn't really know what the next step is. And he doesn't know that this great grand adventure is unfolding where you're going to make it to the point where you have everything you want and you're happy. What would you tell him? I'd say you're going to have it all. So just enjoy the ride. Don't, don't sweat the small stuff, brother. You know, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. It's all, it, it, you know, if, <laughs> if we were all just like, Hey, you're just, it's going to happen. And we just knew that for certainty, like it would just take the edge off, you know? And I feel like I, I needed that a lot at that time was, um, I was, I was so like in fourth or fifth gear constantly. You know, where, uh, you know, I'm talking about, you know, embracing presence and things like that because I needed to, <laughs> like, like I needed that help, you know, and I would just say, dude, just enjoy it and relax, have fun. Don't take life so seriously. Wow. That's so powerful. Where can people go to learn more about you? At this point in my life, I'm very, very blessed to be in a situation where I don't have to do things I don't want to do. And um, I really love just helping people and mentoring people. And um, like, I know you've, you've come to the house and we've hung out and I don't charge you. I just let's let's talk and see if there's something I can help with. And so I, I offer that occasionally. And, um, if people want to find me, they can go to my Instagram, matt.winkley or at matt.winkley. Um, that's probably the best way. And you can DM me there and, um, I follow my journey and, uh, you know, I post about my life there and things that I'm up to and things that I've learned and just, you know, wisdoms and things like that I could pass along. Uh, so I'd say that's the best way to find me. Awesome. Well, anything you'd like to leave the audience with? before we wrap up here? I just want to reiterate what, what's already been shared is dreams can be hard, but they are possible. There is a way and you're capable of doing it. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Matt. Really appreciate you. Thanks for having me.